the real Kipper and Bourne show. The Kipperos, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick with you for the next two hours. Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus, wherever you're following us, we're glad you are along for the ride. And when you can't catch us live, go to a podcast and download us wherever you get your pods. And as always, little text here and there, 590-590. Comments, opinions, don't like Sammy's hair. What? It's looking really good. I just wanted to see if you were paying attention. I'm paying attention. All right. Your hair's okay. I was, I was reading about a lovely lunch my parents were having in Spain. In Spain? Yeah. Spain. Yeah. in Spain. Yeah. Uh, Termolinos in Spain. They go away for, th- they're retired. They go for three months in the winter. Jeez. So they, they, they do what you should do, Kipper. Yeah. What are you doing here yeah. with us? Have <laughs> you ever stopped to think about like, that? I'm looking out the window. I'm like, but why aren't you at Riviera right I know. Now? The weather sucks Terrible. right now. This Terrible. winter's been the worst. Just kidding. Is that a good sign for me and you that our producer, like 10 seconds in the show, is checking on his parents in Spain? Well, I was <laughs> what to get well, for lunch. I was looking at my phone right before we started, and then you were making fun of my hair, and then I looked up, and here yeah, we are. Here we are. And here we are. And here we are tonight. The Philadelphia Flyers facing against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And this is the first of three meetings against the Flyers. They have not played since last year. Is that Isn't right? That weird. That is weird. That we're already like... I guess it's got to happen with something. Only 30 games left, and they're going to play them three more times starting tonight. I think they got the Coyotes three more times, too. They got some some up. awesome history between these teams. Uh, the Flyers were maybe my most hated team of my youth, up there with the Sens. A lot of heartbreak to the, to the oh. Flyers. Specifically, Jeremy Roenick. Tucker on Kapanen yeah. hit. Yeah, like they, it's just, it's been, there's been battles between these two teams. I'm older, so I'm going back to being, what, seven, eight years old and watching the Leafs and the Flyers, mm-hmm. the Broad Street Bullies, the Bobby Clarks, the Bill Barbers. Good games. Don Seleski. They got charged for going into the stands or throwing a glove and hitting an usherette at Maple Leaf Gardens. <laughs> Retire iron. Oh, yeah. It was. <laughs> Cuckooville yeah, they, yeah. back then. They, they saw Riley. What Riley did to Greg, those guys, and they went, what's the problem? They're like, suspension. I don't <laughs> see the issue. <laughs> Not sure we're going to get uh, that out of the Flyers tonight, but we'll get we'll I, get uh, a Tortorella-ready team. I think I've watched enough of the Flyers this year, and there's been a team that I've caught enough that it's just there's just something about that jersey and that logo and that building and that fan base. You need to have a certain type of player a certain type of like energy about you for them to kind of respond like the fan base and sure. it feels like this team kind Listen, of has it like, I, that, he's got yeah. it hathaway's yeah. got it Laurier when he's in. i signed my first professional contract with them on an invitation to uh at a, at a junior hockey yeah. and i went there like like a little boy and i f- i came back feeling like i was a flyer yeah and it was like no going back. Yeah. Like you, you, I spent three weeks there. And when you've got Bobby Clark, Bill Barber, Bernie Perrant walking the buildings at, or the practice facility in Cherry Hill and you get to kind of hang out there and it's like everything was about what it, what, it, what being a flyer is all about. Right. And it was that, that moxie, that, uh, but you never actually held on to that. We'll beat you every which way, yeah. right? We're going to beat you in the alley or we're going to beat you on the scoreboard, but we're, 
we're coming for you. Did you ever actually played for them, Kip? No. What no. happened again? I got claimed. Oh. Uh, the year I was supposed to start with them, I got claimed off waivers by the Washington Capitals. went to camp four times, right? Yeah, but I, was, I also had uh, the, technic, the, the technicality was that I, I was eligible because of uh, 10 games that I played with the Hershey Bears yeah. that I think the Flyers weren't sure it counted or not. But regardless, even if I... I mean, you listen to Bobby Clark and, you know, I mean, I brought it up once or twice and I think maybe he claims that he may have known back then. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) I know he forgot Claude Giroux's name when he drafted him. Yeah, it happens. (laughs) happens. No, it's great. And and I'm lots of reasons that this Flyer team is super relevant right now. Um, You know, they're hanging on to a playoff spot, but probably don't see themselves that way. They may be trading some big guys. We got comments from Torts on the state of his team and what he thinks they are. They had the Goche stuff earlier in the year. Like, there's just a lot going on around this team. So. Okay, let's start with uh, Sheldon Key for the Toronto Maple Leafs on what he sees tonight from the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, a lot of the young players have taken big steps. They just played hard. I think they played. They played at a at a playoff level and playoff intensity, playoff mindset from the start of the season, and and. Uh, with that, with some, some good talent and depth that, that uh, you know, it serves you well. But they don't they don't beat themselves. They make it hard to get to their net, five on five and penalty kill, and then they are killing teams in transition. Like they're they're as as dangerous as anybody on the rush uh, in, in in the entire league. Uh, so we've had some troubles with that here of late. So we've got to clean that up, including the other night against St. Louis. We got away with a bunch that didn't show up. We broke up plays, you know plays before it got to our net um, or the opposition didn't execute. Uh, so that's as, as well as we played the other night. If we don't improve that area of the game uh, here tonight, it's going to be tough. I can confirm looking at Sheldon's uh, or at the stats after hearing Sheldon, the Flyers are first in the NHL at creating odd man rushes and second in the NHL at limiting odd man rushes against. So they get a ton going that way and they give up none going this way. Wow. Which, to me, is how you end up where they are in the standings. That's a recipe to for me, success. This just has a good coach, Tortorella. And yeah. we can say all we want about his bedside manners. But once you yep. put those aside, this is one hell of a coach. Yeah, He's getting the most out of what he has here. If you look at this roster, remember yeah. uh, Seattle? They said they have like four second lines. That's kind of the Flyers. Like... Their best player, who who is it? Konechny? Konechny, probably. Couturier. Couturier. I'd, I'd still give Couturier. And are they yeah. both outside the top 50 in the NHL? I don't know where you'd rank them. That's you, a good point. But they're point. not, no. you know, elite, yeah, they're elite not, guys. Listen, they don't have superstars. They got very good players, but they don't Solid. have a, a superstar carrying them right now. Yeah, so being well coached, doing the right things with the puck. Yeah. You know, that actually might be a relevant time. That Tortorella clip, is that? Well, I mean, he held court this morning. You know, he came here and it it feels like. A visiting coach holding court in Toronto. Yeah. Is that new? These guys love coming here. There's nothing they love more. All the people well, down there just the, the guys who like the media do. Hey, Maurice and Cooper and Torres. Wouldn't you love to have Maurice, Cooper, and Tortorella all together at the same time? Just having a. Sounds like. 
okay. nightmare, nightmare blunt rotation. <laughs> that, that should be a skills competition at the All Star, right? Where you just put them on a podium no. and you each give them a minute. It's a media skills contest where like Sarah Valley's got to do a question for each of those guys, oh and then we grade the answers. Oh my answers god, a media got. skills comp? Yeah. That's an excellent idea. Maurice hey, would eat them alive. The edgier there wouldn't be any, sound uh, bite, you put up a mill. <laughs> wouldn't be a ton of athletes in that one. <laughs> no, no, you're right. So um, what... what uh, well, you talked about a lot of stuff. He had a lot of praise for Sheldon Keefe. He was saying that he's a really good coach. But the clip that I put does. there, is a, it's a great clip. If you guys want to just hear it, we can come off okay. the back of it. It's, it's excellent. So if you want to play that for us, Derek. It's a different league. It's a, it's a different league in... Um, I'm going to be really careful how I say it. Um, I, 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 I think there is... It, well, it's a dumb league. It, 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 it is, it's changed for coaches, too. And we've had to make adjustments because there are so many mistakes made. And I, I guess the thing with the young athletes is sometimes you have to wait your turn. Right. As far as gaining respect and and not wanting everything right now and not expecting everything right now, as far as ice time, as far as your contract, whatever it may be. Sometimes it's good just to wait your turn and earn it. I think that's where I think the athletes have, have changed. They have entourages around them that I think direct them the wrong way. And uh, the hierarchy of a room, the hierarchy of what it is to be a pro, the process you have to go through as a pro, I think's lost a little bit. Yeah, you won't get an argument out of me. No, I, I think the, the point that guys come in and want to be treated like a Hall of Famer before having accomplished any run of things in the NHL is a more common thread now among young players, particularly that we make stars out of them in junior now, right? Oh, yeah. So by the time they get to the league, they're like, you know. I mean, he's just waxing poetic. Yeah, like he gets the Toronto audience. He's like, "Let's go, baby! It's time to it's time." In in a couple of or in twenty minutes, we're going to welcome in uh, Daniel Briere, general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, nice. and we can get into a ton. But is he talking uh, Tortorella really about that mm. last incident with the the kid that uh, yeah, you, you refused to sign? What was his name Cutter again? Goche. I literally was writing that. There you go. Okay, so is that really kind of a backhanded way of discussing that situation with those words? But I do think it's fair to use that and generalize about guys like him because I do think that's the case. I think it's it's fair to yes. say that Trevor Zegers came into the league and expected whatever. He, what's he done in this oh. league? And he's holding and, and out we, for... And we throw him on a cover of E2... 24 whatever that video game Pardon? is what oh. is that ea <laughs> yeah. ea sports yeah it's just like nhl 24 and, yeah and, and th- that is that is the one of the biggest most ultimate honors ego it's an honor. ego yeah. driven thing right but that's and that's the type of thing we're referring to when and you say guys ga- come in and, and we it's gave like- it to him because he's a trick shot artist which to tortorella's point is embarrassing. It is, Sammy. This is you your era, my friend. This is Kip. This is where I'm older people, than you think. I think this is where people hear <laughs> you saying that and go, you know, you're among the people that why can't hockey be fun? And you know, we're trying to have this like entertainment product. And Great. ESPN wants Great. this. H- have your entertainment. You're talking about winning, but that's the right but, way. But but 
th- th- those other kids, yeah. they'll win the championships. I know. And you will enjoy your Fruit Loops cover box. <laughs> yeah, right? I, so I totally agree. Yeah, put them no, on, he's put, right. put them on a cereal right. box. Put them on EA Sports. <laughs> yeah. uh, most likes on Instagram. But those kids are winning. And you aren't, you know, getting the job done. Yeah, you got a lot of guys who um, who aren't like that. Not everyone is like that, but certainly there are more kids who come in with yeah. their own followings before they get here, and that's part of the challenge. Also, I think Torres' point is that we are more accepting of mistakes in the league. It used to be like, all right, you have to like wait until you have this all figured out before you can do the fancy stuff. And now you get the chance to play and make mistakes and learn yeah. on the job. The NHL didn't used to be a developmental league. It was a learn on, you know, yes. you have to be ready to play. Yeah. Now some guys are like Slavkovsky's finally finding it in year two of making mistakes in the league. To be fair to some of the kids, though, uh, the salary cap has changed the dynamics of that. Absolutely. Right? When, we have to lean on them way harder. Well, once the kids uh, get yeah. locked yeah. in, once they get locked in, or we've, deal for you. where we've overpaid them on potential instead of what they've done in the past... Now there's there's no flexibility to move them in and out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. They are locked in. Therefore, these kids today develop a comfort zone. It's like, hey, buddy, I make $4 million. Where, where do you think I'm going? Right. There's Sarah also okay. there's, oh. a, there's a good clip today. It never doesn't get me, that clip. Like, it gets me every single time. I hate it. I know. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Which one do- is this one? Sorry, Jack Hughes. Houston, I'd say we're doing Say we're doing okay. Yeah. Like someone questioned them in the yeah. middle of a, of a heater. An eight-game heater. <laughs> in the middle of a heater, uh, bro. A uh, little less, unless they get Markstrom, but that's a, that's a conversation for later on in the show. Yeah. But so, you know, to Torts' credit, he's got them playing the right way. They're winning a lot of games. So they won five straight games in January. Then they lost five straight games to end January. Then they've won four straight going in tonight. So it could be five straight against the Leafs. Mm. So they're, they've been streaky, and I think it would be hard for the man we're going to talk to in 20 minutes to decide what to do with this group. As far as the Flyers are concerned, they should be getting um, a, at least a, a better Leaf team on paper. It does sound like um, Marner, Tavares, uh, Willie and, and Willie, did he practice this yep, morning? Willie? All of them practiced. All of them practiced yeah, today. So no uh, let's get Sheldon Keefe on on managing the uh, energy level of uh, some of his sick guys. Yeah, you always got to be mindful of it. Um, seems they're you know they're doing well. Willie in particular, who obviously played uh, less than hundred um, percent, seems to bounce back really well. Uh, but yeah, you know, you know, anytime you got guys coming back, same with injuries and stuff, but you know, they haven't, they haven't missed long, but it's the type of illness they had. It's, you're not sleeping well, you're not eating well, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll monitor it. Um, kind of take it from there. So do these guys have some bad shellfish or something? Like, I don't know. I just know that I never felt worse than like the first game off illness where your cardio is a bit down. You don't quite have your legs or your lungs. Like, it's just really tough to, like, you know, have that pop. You exist out there, but it's tough well, to have it. Each other. I mean, after what an incredible showing it was from the Leafs role players on yeah. what, on Tuesday night, yeah, now game. he'll play them more, right? Well, I hope not. What do you mean? Well, no, I mean, I, I hope we don't get a different look 
I hope these guys can come back and you can you still want to feel to still play. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, hundred percent. I, I hope they have a good look as early as the first period where they're just kind of picking up the energy off of the St. Louis game. Yeah, I would be fine if eighty eight played fifteen minutes tonight and, you know, Mitch played seventeen and mm-hmm. whatever. You know, like yeah. that's okay tonight and Domi and yeah. those guys can see if they can do it again. Show but, us again. Listen, these guys make $11 million, but there will always be that part of them that says, well, I don't want the team to look really good without me You're so for right, too eh? long. Yeah. And that, that, that alone can speed up the process of, yeah. of, uh, of getting better sometimes. Like, I don't care where you are on, on where yeah. you think you are in the pecking order. You're like. Tavares watches Bertuzzi dish to eight people <laughs> and get nine chances at net front on PP1 and goes, I actually feel okay. Yes. I'm starting to come around. You know? <laughs> yeah. Put <laughs> me back in, coach. Vapor rub and I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's the word on uh, Geo? Well, just listen to this clip and we can talk about it after, okay? No, it's tied to it. It's, yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not overly uh, comfortable for him to have a skate on uh, right now. He's fine when he has it on, but the off and on and off and all that kind of stuff isn't, doesn't serve him well on, on the same day in particular. So, so yeah, he's uh, reluctantly um, stayed off. On the same day in particular, is he leaving his skates on from one day to the next? No, what, no, no. what happened to his foot? I heard to have a skate on. That seems like an important part of being a hockey player. Is this... Uh... Are we going to start hearing about these kind of, without being really uh, detailed, are we going to start hearing about guys with bumps and bruises that could go to IR at any time with a trade Uh coming? (laughs) Some mystery bumps and bruises. I was just asking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Uh, You might have seen it with Wall already coming back here and like, oh, Jonesy. Don't know what it is, but boy, he's just not feeling right. <laughs> Suddenly, he's hurt. Wall coming back. Uh, do you remember an incident with Geo? Did he block a shot? I know he's. He blocks the, a lot. Yeah, he's the a league's all time leader. He was given a golden shin pad a last year. Trophy. Yeah. A plaque. That's. I mean, you didn't like it, if I recall. It's <laughs> <laughs> a badass trophy. I, I a think golden it's shin pad to be the all time leader in block shots, regardless of when they started tracking him. It's a, it's a great. It's cool, but it's a you great can't honor. say regardless of when they started traveling. Wow. You know, you got Craig Ludwig sitting at home going, "What? <laughs> like four thousand shots a day?" Could just speak to like, <laughs> you're right. Some bad goalies. Hatcher. <laughs> Maybe if you had better goalies, yeah, you block so many. Wouldn't have to get in the way of so many. <laughs> All right, so Geo's a hard so, maybe. Kipper, you, I want to actually. Can we talk about your article you wrote today? Because uh, I thought it was very good. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, I kind of, uh, my weekly article for the Toronto Star went out today and it was on Morgan and, you know, what he ended up uh, doing to cost himself five games. And uh, I also talked about uh, the potential of uh, Morgan being a candidate for the Toronto Maple Leafs moving forward uh, as the next captain. And I only say, I I premised uh, that Tavares is in his last year of his deal. Mm Mm-hmm. And he'll certainly get an, another chance this spring to lead the Toronto Maple Leafs as the captain. But if he, if it doesn't fare well and he's going into his last year, would it be you know, unheard of that the Leafs would pick a new captain as early as September, knowing he's in his last year of his deal? Well, I guess what 
stands out to me is they're only a few years apart in age, right? It's not like you're handing it down to the next generation. He's 33. Morgan's going to be uh, 30 in a month or less than. So That's a big three years, though. It is. And in terms of where they're at and their playing quality and all that, that matters, too. Um, you did mention in your article something that I've said for years, that it seems like inevitably MLSE and the Leafs will want to sell a 34 with a C on it. Like, that's inevitable yeah. that they want that to happen. So, but if he's not the right guy for the team, you know, maybe Riley is. I just think it's hard to see them take it off Tavares' sweater for Riley. Matthews, I can see because he is the face of the team. Yeah, I did mention that I don't think Austin's emotionally there to wear the C yet. I agree. But I don't think that's stopping. So you're just thinking about selling jerseys. I, I, I'm thinking about where they see him, the commitment they make to him, the the you know the fans seeing. So even though we don't think you're perfect, yeah. we've think boxed ourselves be. into just building you up to be this guy, and we there's no turning back. Yeah, I mean, you look at 20 year olds who are handed the C in yeah. the NHL. Um, you know, they they're probably not the best leaders on their team, but teams yeah. say you're our guy. We go as you go. Yeah, it should be Morgan. Huh? It should be Morgan. It should have been Morgan when they gave it to JT. Yeah. In retrospect, at the time, I don't remember having that opinion, but... No, that wasn't ever really talked about, and you mentioned that as well, that, like, that, when it happened, it was really between Matthews and Tavares, and we all know yeah. what happened with, with Matthews. And, Matthews and towards the himself. Yeah, towards yeah. the end of that summer, and that conversation kind of went away, and then they gave it to Tavares, but I do feel kind of bad that during that time, it wasn't really more of a consideration for Riley. Yes. Because I think he's always been a heart and soul guy. Like, he really he's is. He's always if, the voice of reason if, but for yes. them. If, if he's the, the best Leafs, in the media, he talks the most. Like If after next year, the Leafs move off of uh, JT mm-hmm. and it's wide open, this is the guy that's most ready to wear the C. And he's also under contract for five more years, whatever, just like Matthews is. Yeah. Like, he's, you know he's going to be here. He's cheap. He's... Yeah. I mean, he's the right guy. He's the dad to me, you know, the adult in the room. Mm. I, I don't yet see Matthews that way. I, I think he can be, and I actually think he's gotten a lot better in the media. He's thoughtful. He's not defensive at all. Like, he's pretty open. He's good. Mm. But I do think that Riley still feels like the guy that we're like, okay, how does the team really feel? Let's talk to Morgan. The All or Nothing series, he was in it like zero times. And it was like, yeah, because he didn't do anything like, Inflammable, really. Yeah. He's just Morgan. Yeah, or they just chose not to use it, right? HBO too, was yeah. it? HBO? I don't even know it's what Amazon, it was. Amazon, HBO, it's whatever Amazon. the case is. I'm sure they had a ton of Morgan Riley. They just didn't use it. Yeah, maybe. Or yeah. the Leafs chose not to but, use it. But that's I don't know. He's not that exciting, and I mean that in a complimentary yeah. way. He's just. But maybe that's the perfect. Guy, yes, maybe. in this market, it probably yeah, right? is not too high, not too low. Just you know, but they these... probably thought that about Tavares, who's just the but he's, extreme of that. But he he would never do what Morgan did Saturday night. God no, no, right. And same time, yeah, you need to have that ability to get outside that emotional range. And in your article, did make the point about you know you when you're leading, finding the emotion of a game yes. is that's part of leading, and that's been a knock against. The, the core four for a long time is sure that is. they're they're they'll they'll outskill you and they'll find a way to 
bury one last puck in the net, but they they won't beat you in, in other ways. Can you recall a guy getting a five-game suspension for something and it leading to universal acclaim? Like, not one person is like, that made me think less of him. Like, every, to a man, all the Leaf fans I, I've talked to are like, glad it happened. Yeah. Even, you know, his coach says it was fitting, his teammates. Or, yeah, it just, something needed to happen, yeah. right? You just could not watch another episode where the, the Leafs eat a crap sandwich and there's no response. Right. I saw a clip from Evander Kane talking about it yesterday, too, and he said, he said he thought it was an appropriate response, too. I saw Braden Shen say the yeah. same thing. It's like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's almost like it should have been a five-game suspension, boys. Right. Almost like that, but, you know, Leafs tax, baby. Uh, it sounds like there's just too much surrounding it, right? Yeah. yeah. The league doesn't yeah. like we don't how need to much. This. No, we don't. We can talk about it again when the appeals go through. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers will have Sean Couturier as their 20th captain in Flyer history uh, where the sea for the first time against the Leafs. Yeah. Claude Giroux was their last captain in 21-22, so it's been a couple of years since they named a captain. Couturier, two-way Selkie guy, yeah. 30 years old. I mean, he, to me, is a perfect leader. Oh, what's that face? Oh, I know. I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I like Konechny, too. Yeah. Only because... He's a little he's too a, young, right, for me. Ah, listen, but it's the it's Flyers. Like it to, it's like giving it to Marshawn, like, yeah, five is. years it's into like, his career. Wanna, but it's the know. Flyers... And you've brought Keith Jones back, and he talks about the history and bringing back that pride. He, he's more that guy for me it, it, to go back a little bit to their history. Yeah, it is crazy to sit here, and I know Leafs fans are like, don't even say it. But, you know, they traded the Konechny pick for Dermot and Bracco. And it was the idea of outsmarting the draft position. And yeah, you know, tra- at, at this point in the draft, two picks around here are worth more than one. You had two lottery tickets. Meanwhile, imagine. Just, how, about just the take, how about just take the first round guy? Take the guy. How about take the guy who's like a, a yeah point per game liar <laughs> with emotion? Way to go, Kyle. <laughs> go do well, this. we'll see. I don't even know. Was it him? I don't even know. Was oh, it him? It was definitely him, yeah. But Hunter, Lou, they were all there at that time. Was it him? This is a Kyle one. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to break. No, I can't remember. Now. Let's go to break. I don't know so what I had for breakfast. All right. Let's take a quick break. General Manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, Daniel Briere, will join us and we'll get into Sean Couturier, his next captain, and uh, plenty more when Real Kipper and Bourne return. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. You are listening to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. The Toronto Maple Leafs are set to take on the Philadelphia Flyers, who are in town tonight at Scotiabank Arena. This will be the first of three meetings between both clubs. And let's welcome in general manager of those Philadelphia Flyers, Daniel Briere. Hey, Danny, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. How about you guys? We're good. We're good. Uh, did you travel with the team? Are you in Toronto? Or are you home working the phones? Give us the latest, pal. 
I'm uh, I'm in town in Toronto. Um, always a uh, fun time to come to Toronto. I think it's our only visit to uh, the Maple Leafs this year. So I uh, I'm on the trip. Wanted to be here for it. Well, we know that uh, two more games, March 14th and March 19th, as well. So um, since you have been there and and watch this team progress here where are you in terms of uh the process and you know now we're looking at a potential situation where there's a trade deadline there's a playoff uh uh scenario here are you ahead of where you thought you'd have this hockey club by now well first of all credit goes to uh, our coaching staff and our players for really um having the, the type of season that they're having this year uh probably a little bit ahead of the the progress that that we thought we uh, we would be in um you know bringing a couple of veterans back in the lineup that didn't play last year in in Kateri and Atkinson was a big help uh leadership wise but our our young guys have really stepped up and and that makes a big difference but you know we're trying to stay realistic um and it's it's finding the fine line between you know making sure that we also take care of the future while we give our players you know the chance to uh, to move ahead and and, and make uh, a playoff run but we're certainly excited with the chance and the possibility of playing big games experience wise it's so good for uh, all our players to, to be in a playoff spot at this time of the year the games are getting bigger more intense um, I, I think it's fabulous uh, but at the same time we're keeping an eye on the future and we have to listen to what's out there and if there's something that makes too much sense for for the future of the Flyers it's uh, it's something that we'll we'll have to take care of. Well, we're certainly keeping a close eye on your team. I know five-game winning streak, then a five-game losing streak, four-game winning streak. We're trying to maybe figure out what you guys got there. Um, one of the, the players that you have added this year was Jamie Drysdale. Where it was a highly publicized trade at the time. How has Drysdale uh, acclimated himself so far uh, with the Flyers? Yeah, he's been great. Um, first of all, you know, he's such a high-character person to start with. He fit right into to our group. He wants to win. I think he's excited to to be here with, with this group, it sounds like. And, but it, it wasn't easy for him. You're, you know, it's a, it's a change. He's only 21 years old. It's a big change uh, at this stage of his career. He probably imagined that he'd be a, a Anaheim Duck for, for a long, long time and have the chance to grow with that organization. So I'm sure he was a little surprised by, by the move, but he's adapted well. He hasn't shown that you know he's uncomfortable with uh, with the pressure that comes from playing in Philadelphia, and uh, you know for Jamie it's not just we're we're watching him not just for the this this season he's going to be here for a long time. We're excited by what he brings, and and our goal is to develop him into one of the top defender in in the league. We're talking to Daniel Briere, general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Danny, when I signed my first professional contract with the Philadelphia Flyers, it didn't take me long to understand what the cement on that jersey uh led by bobby clark and now you've got sean mm-hmm. you got sean couturier uh sporting the sea tonight for the first time uh as your 20th captain in franchise history just the process of getting there with sean uh you know i like that travis Konechny. uh like like him as an old school type of guy but how hard was that decision on ultimately settling on sean Hey, I, I, it wasn't hard at all. Um, you know, the, the tough part was uh, for for Torts to get to know Sean a little better. Uh, you know, Torts came aboard last year. He didn't have him. You know, they crossed paths in the hallways. 
um, and around the rink, but he never had the chance to coach Sean and never had the chance to, to be behind the bench in the, in the heat of the action during a game and, and see how he'd react. So, uh, you know, coming into the season, uh, we felt it was the right thing to do uh, uh, for Torts to, to get to know Sean a little better. I, I think everybody around the team, you know, myself and Jonesy and, and everybody else kind of knew that it was Sean's team. Um, but, but, you know, Torts didn't know him well. And, we, you know, we all agreed that it was the right thing to do to wait and, and, and see when the time would be right to name him captain after Torts got to know him better. And uh, last in the last few days, we started discussing that, and, and Torts agreed that it was it was time to do it. The team is performing well. Coots had been, you know, one of the leader uh, and really reacted well to, to adversity this season. Uh, and then it was time to do it. And in TK's case and um, Travis's case, it's, uh, you know, you mentioned it. He, he plays uh you know he gets under your skin he's what we like to say he's a typical flyer uh he, he's always in the mix he never stops coming after you uh he, he's been you know on the ice probably our best player this year so uh you know very deservedly so for him as well um just one thing on, on couturier because we do know that uh he, he signed a an eight-year deal and then after that if my memory uh serves correct Daniel, he had the back issues or he had surgery. Like, was it touch and go with this guy for, for a little while there on, on on where he was heading the rest of his career with this, this injury? Yes, I mean, there were a time where it got a little scary. You know, at first we thought it'd be, um, you know, he had to have surgery and he'd be ready to go the next year. And unfortunately, the next season he, he didn't feel better. Um, so he had to go under the knife again, and that's when you know you never know when where things these things are going to go after. Um, but I, I give him a lot of credit because he spent a lot of time. He wanted to be back on the ice. He took care of himself um, and, and really uh, sacrificed a lot of things to make sure that he was in the in the best condition possible to make a comeback. So um, really impressed how he handled it, how he handled himself. Uh, you know, I've known I've known Sean since. Since he was drafted as an 18-year-old, um, so I've, I've known him very, really well over you know the course of his career, and um, you know I thought it was it was time for him to to don the C, very representative of what the Flyers are all about. Daniel, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, John Tortorella and uh, coaching in 2024. He made some comments today uh, or yesterday to Luke Fox from Sportsnet just about the league today and the type of players. You know, that they come into the league, these young guys now, and almost feel like there's maybe a sense of entitlement and it's it's harder to wait for these guys to be patient and make them earn it. I want to get your thoughts on that, on the idea that it's tough to get young guys to be patient for their spot and also just a guy like John Tortorella, who's an old school coach, and how he's done dealing with today's young player. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. For the record, he called it a dumb league. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's allowed his opinion. I'm not going to go against it. Yeah. Um, he's coached for a long time, and he's done a fabulous job. He's, he's earned the right you know, to, to have uh, his opinion, and uh, he, he's a tremendous coach. Uh, you know What he's done with our team this year, not, not just this year, even last year, because the, the rebuild for me started last year with him. He was the first piece. Uh, that we brought in as our rebuild. He's been amazing with our young guys. And the perception out there that, you know, Torts is, is just 
a, a coach for the veterans. Um, you know, it, it, it's so uh, it's so wrong. Uh, you look at what he's done this year with with our young guys, and and you get to appreciate how good of a coach he is and how good he is at developing not just older players but also the young guys and giving them giving them a chance to be successful, to be difference makers, uh, to take a, a, a large role on the team. He's certainly not afraid to use the young guys. So um, I, I've been really happy with, uh, with what he has provided him and his coaching staff uh, to the Flyers for the last you know year and a half since he was hired. Daniel, I got to ask you about uh, the goaltending situation, and you know I'm not going to rehash anything about 2018. With but Carter Hart is no longer there, and if and when he gets back, no one knows. How do you prepare moving forward when it comes to depth in your net? Yeah, it's it's certainly not an easy situation to lose a uh, a top goaltender. Um, fortunately for us, you know we have. And another guy that stepped up this year in, in Sam Erson that's taken uh, a big role. And, and, and not just since um, uh, Carter has left the team, but even before. I mean, he was challenging Carter, uh, you know, until he left. The, the, probably the pre- previous month, month and a half before Carter left, he was challenging him uh, to start. And he, he earned him. It's not like he, he was given a free... Uh, a free role there. Um, he really earned his start. And, you know, now uh, we understand that it's it's a lot tougher when you don't have a, a guy like Carter Hart be- beside you. Um, but Sam has kept playing just as well as he was. Um, and, and we hope he keeps developing. But we've been really, really impressed with him. Um, you know, now Cal Peterson, it, you know, gives him the chance to come up and, and play some games and show what he's he's all about. Uh, but the exciting part for us is the, the pool of prospects that are coming. They might not be ready this season or next season, but we have uh, a lot of good young te- uh, goaltender in, um, coming up behind them that you know hopefully will hit and will be able to provide some help down the road. The uh, you, you know looking at your roster, there's just a number of players who have had seasons that I would say exceeded or met or exceeded expectations. One of them for me is Travis Sanheim. He's been on the ice more than any other player for you guys this year. He's in the first year of a pretty long-term contract. Uh, tell us about his development and, and where you think he's at. Yeah, he's taken a huge step this year. Um, to be honest, we challenged him in the off season. Um, and I think when, you know, it's not a secret, his name circulated in uh, uh, in a rumor mill. mill. I, I'm sure he, he didn't like that, but kudos to him. He uh, he stepped up his game, and with the departure of uh, Ivan Provorov, he, he really took it upon himself to to be the leader back there on defense. Uh, he stepped up from, from game one, even training camp, I should say. He showed up at camp, you know, in, in amazing uh, physical condition, and then it, it, he just started going rolling from from that point on. He's been the leader back there, and it's really helped our uh, our young defense, our young guys. Uh, you know, behind him, he took the lead, and everybody's following along. So, um, we've been really happy with Travis Sanheim this season. Hey, uh, take me back a little bit here. Did you take heat for trading for Owen Tippett? <laughs> Because I, 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 I think it's turned out. It's working out okay. I think it's worked out okay. And, of course, very popular in, in Claude Giroux getting traded to Florida. But if I recall, everybody was going, okay, like Owen oh, Tippett, please. We could have done so much better. And here he is uh, on, the, on the front line. 
earned himself a nice $50 million contract. Talk about Tippett's uh, uh, rise to stardom a little bit here. Yeah, he's, he's been simply amazing. Uh, it's been exciting to watch him develop, uh, you know, last season and then in this season. Um, it was it was Chuck Fletcher's deal, to be honest. Uh, you know, we a lot of people were involved in that, but, you know, I, I really... Uh, really commend Chuck for for holding his ground there. We did a lot of work as far uh, who would be coming our way, but um, uh, you know Chuck did tremendous in yeah. his deal. And um, you know uh, Owen has, has developed; he's getting better and better. Uh, Torts keeps saying that he has three or four more years left to him uh, that he hasn't used yet. So uh, who knows where where he can get to? But it's it's been so exciting to to watch him this year take into a, a leadership role and and really a force on the ice with his uh, his power, his skating, his shot. Um, you know, it just shows you sometimes you, you have to be patient with you know with certain players. It's some players it takes a little longer. To, to develop, uh, you know, Owen is, is one of them. But uh, if you're willing to put the patience in, uh, sometimes it can pay off. But it's not always easy to do because we're in a win-now league, unfortunately. Um, but it was definitely worth it with, uh, with Owen Tippett. All right, last one for me. Um, just want to get your thoughts on some of the teams in your uh, division or in that wild-card hunt, even uh, in the Metro. Behind you guys, the Devils. The Islanders, the Penguins, some pretty good teams nipping at your heels. Is there any of those teams that you guys feel is a, a real threat? It's it's pretty scary when you look at those yeah, teams, teams chasing you. Yeah, um, yeah we, we thought, you know, early in the season, I think everybody thought we'd be chasing them. Um, you know, you, you have to respect what, you know, what the Penguins have done uh, with, uh, you know, their core players that are still there. Uh, you know they can turn it on at any moment and, and get on a string. You know, you look at the Devils last year, uh, how good they were. So they, we know they they can certainly turn it on pretty quick. And and now the addition of Patrick Wye in, uh, in in Long Island, anything is possible um, with the Islanders. So it's pretty scary to look behind. So we're trying not to look behind and look, look forward. forward. Yeah. Try to keep winning as many games as we can in the, in the meantime. Is uh. Brad Tree Living still calling you three times a day for Nick Sealer and Sean Walker. <laughs> I, I haven't heard from uh, from Tree, um, so uh, you know. Give him your uh, number. <laughs> Pass it on. No, it's uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. There's uh, you know obviously things are are heating up for for a lot of teams, and it's going to be interesting to to see how it, it goes uh, coming down the stretch. It's going to be my my first uh, rodeo in. Uh, you know, going through the the trade deadline, so it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, you're looking forward to it, I bet. Uh, really appreciate your time doing this, Daniel. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks Good luck so much tonight. for your time. Good luck the rest of the year. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Daniel Briere, general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, and one of the nicer guys you'll you'll meet in our game. Did he say the tree hadn't called him at all? I don't know. Sent him a text, maybe? Yeah, how he just kind of threw WhatsApp? that out. They're on WhatsApp. Hey, yeah. signal. I, you throw something out, a little tongue-in-cheek, and you get an answer. Yeah. Hey, Brad, you got to check in. <laughs> You're listening to the show today. Give him a call. Ow. See what he wants. Don't tell me Brad's not making any calls. That's all he's been doing, I'm sure, since, what, October? Yeah, well, I don't know. It didn't sound like he's talked to Danny. Um, I love Danny Breer as a player. Heart yeah, me too. Guy. Big, big fan. He always scored some big goals. Yeah, he's a eh? gamer. Killed Total the, gamer. Killed the Leafs. Yeah. I just remember him scoring Buffalo. Oh, yeah. 
those stupid slug jerseys he just yeah. lit up the list. I have this obscure memory of him from when Hall and Sagan were rookies uh, or about to be drafted and Briere's going through. Uh, they were doing a walkthrough before the draft and Briere's telling him about his sticks. And he says he starts the year using a 75 flex. This was Briere. Oh, yeah, I remember and this. And because he, you know, you can't keep muscle on during the season, yeah. by the end of the year, he switches to a 65 flex. 65 yeah. flex. 65. <laughs> like but even 75 is absurd. It is. That's but, crazy. Yeah. Short stick, though, right? He's not a yeah. Guy. So uh, Nick Wheeler. And he's the reason we have Austin Matthews. Yeah. He was, he was Austin Matthews' favorite player when he was, when he was playing for Arizona. 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 His career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Who's most attractive here for you on the Flyers? Scott Lachlan, we met, we hear as a potential centerman that teams might be interested in. Nick Sealer, who is a good second pair guy for me. Is he? Yeah. I couldn't. Okay. I couldn't give you one season no? take, but I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. To me, but Konechny's a guy I like. You're not getting <laughs> oh, Konechny. Okay. okay. You're not getting him. All right. It's funny because his name had just comes up as a you know potential guy if you're picking a carcass of a team. It's like they're a playoff team. They love him. He's having a great year. Yeah. No reason to think he's going anywhere. Yeah. Well, we'll watch Jamie Drysdale. We heard uh, we heard Daniel, you know, speak very highly of him. For me, he's still in this development stage of his career where he's got some good upside, but still needs, I think, to work on his overall game. I'm not sure how much coaching he's had from the defensive side over the years, uh, but that needs to, to strengthen up. But he, he's, I think he's going to have a really solid career. So, um, I think it's hard for guys when really talented players go to kind of uncompetitive teams and they say, we got no one else. You're going to play 21 minutes a night on a team that's losing. Like you go yeah. to Anaheim. I don't think it's good for a guy like him. So Philly should help. Um, just uh, seen a report from uh, Chris Johnson saying that the uh, in-person here, or the, the suspension appeal to NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman is scheduled for noon tomorrow in New York. Connected it. It'll be uh, conducted in person. Great. And that shouldn't take that long. Like, you have the conversation, whatever that 30 minutes, hour, whatever, and Gary should be able to make a decision within a day. Yeah, it doesn't work that fast, I think. But, like, why can't it? Or why shouldn't it? Well, because just get none of the other ones have in the past. But I agree. But that to but it's me, the Leafs, Kipper. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, there, no, no. There's your answer. No, but the answer is not, but it's the Leafs, is that the other one should be fast, too. You hear the appeal. You're the decision maker. Make the decision. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it, it is faster. Like, maybe it's a faster My no. My hot take of the day <laughs> is that he's going to back it off to four. Just oh, go God. put it down to two. I cannot. Set the internet ablaze. I don't see that for a second because you're going to have to put up with all the it naysayers. It should be five. That Who say, cares what team it I, is and the noise? Yes. It should not be a five-game suspension. Yes. you. It's and, a dumb league. <laughs> A million other Leaf fans feel the same way. Oh, my God. That is such a good drop. It's a dumb league? It's a dumb league. <laughs> it's a dumb league. <laughs> I've, I've often heard best sport, worst league. I've often heard that. Uh, in my article today, I did talk a little bit about the lack of emotion has a lot to do with the game and the systems are being so analytically driven. It's taken away the spontaneity of the players and and the intensity 
Like, it's almost robotic sometimes well, watching well, the yeah. kids play. Well, because mm-hmm. you're saying, instead of go-go, you're saying, I don't know, hold, no, what you're hold saying is, here like, and we're, trap we're, there. We're this far away from drawing arrows for the kids. Well, we draw the arrows, and the kids who remember to follow them get to play more. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of how it works. Now, I don't know, it's a part of torts, as you say, you know, dumb coaches sometimes, too. Yeah. For sure. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. Um, when do we get They've to yell? suck the emotion out of the game. What are you going to say, buddy? When do we get to yell about Fanatics jerseys? Oh, later don't do that now? I don't know. It's, see, this is more up your alley because you are a Jersey guy. I am a Jersey guy. I, the so problem what's is, the problem here? The problem is, is that they're taking some heat for the MLB because I think Nike, did Nike pawn it off on them? Like they designed, yeah, they they designed, designed them, them and now Fanatics is making them. And... They're taking heat. Like the players are like filing grievances with Nike. Like, and, like going buttons, to players. Are buttons falling they off? Costanza and the jerseys are all made of cotton. They're, they, <laughs> <laughs> like Justin Verlander. How many numbers are in? How many, only how, nine letters in and, his name. And it's, and it's like Jared Saltalamacchia. It's, it's like a it's rainbow. A re, it's like the kerning is the fancy so, word for the spacing. But it, th- it's yeah, gross. This but is the thing devastating. Is, next year, oh hey, my god, it's don't the you NHL. Us. <laughs> next year is the NHL boys. They're taking over the NHL jerseys. Yeah, and it's going to be spelled A-E-Fs. You know, they're going to mess up the spelling on the jersey somehow. The fails. Well, we just can't leave this conversation hanging here. We're going to have to pick this pick up this in our national hour of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Jersey's All right, matter. our thanks to Daniel Briere, general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, as they get set to go head-to-head tonight at the Scotiabank Arena. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, David Amber... Number one host here at Sportsnet. Yeah, anyone you that's turn the coming keys over on to him or what? Anyone that's coming on our show is number one. He's going to bench press us both on television. Yes, he is. I hope he's wearing a guns shirt today. Too. They're all gun shirts to him, pal. More of Real Kipper and Bourne and David Amber. Amber, when we return. <laughs>